My very first pony ride was when I was in preschool and I was about three, three and a half years old. Mm -hmm. Um, And ever since I sat on that pony, I just fell in love with horses. I mean, anytime we went on field trips to like the zoo or the Mm -hmm. animal farm that was nearby, like I'm talking when I was in preschool now, (laughs) I would just be like, they couldn't pull me away from the horses. They could not get me away. And um, for my fourth birthday, my parents had ponies come to my backyard. Oh, wow. And it was, it was like, you know, four-year-olds dream come true having ponies in our backyard for a birthday. Um, And ever since then, every birthday after that, I had the same ponies come back to my house every year until I was about eight years old. And the woman who did the pony parties at my house, who brought them there, she told my mom on my eighth birthday that I was getting a little bit too big for pony parties. (laughs) (laughs) So she said, you know, why don't you bring her over to my house and we'll start some riding lessons. And, you know, she'll get to take care of the horses and get to ride them more on her own, not being led around. So my mom, you know, agreed to that, obviously, because there was nothing else I wanted to do at that age. Yeah. Um, And that woman's name was Rosie. And she has been like such an instrumental person in my life. Mm. She is who got me into horses Uh, and is the reason why I do what I do today. Isn't that sweet? (laughs) Yeah. So Uh, she she has since, um, you know, moved to North Carolina and we still keep in touch. She actually has... Um, one of my retired horses living with her. Um, So she's like a super close family friend. So it's just like really nice that, you know, she's known me from when I was just four years old. Uh, So was was her barn like a, you know, she did the pony parties, but did she have all kinds of horses at her barn? And how did you start out riding then? So she had um, primarily a lot of small ponies, um, but she did have a few horses, um, one of the, she primarily did like pony parties. That was like most of what she did, um, with them. But when I started riding with her, um, I started on, on the pony who came to my house. Um, his name was chief (laughs) and I rode him for about two years until I was ready to like graduate to a full-size horse. Um, and that horse, he was, um, he had no vision in his right eye. So that was definitely like something challenging for me Mm -hmm. as like a 10 year old rider. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I was still a beginner at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was, you know, something that I learned to work with and we worked off each other and that horse was my heart horse for Uh, sure. How sweet. Uh, were you riding English or Western or, or just, um, I was riding Western at the time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so it was sweet. just, you know, kind of safer for a yeah. little kid to start riding Western, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, so what do you ride now? Mm-hmm. Right now I'm primarily English. English. I do like hunter jumper stuff. Mm-hmm. What age did you switch over? Um, I switched over when I was 13. So when uh, Rosie moved away to North Carolina, Um, I started riding at a very versatile show barn, and that's how I dipped my feet into English riding as well. Um, And I mean, I've done everything from, you know, Western pleasure, battle racing, pole bending, hunters, 
jumpers. Mm -hmm. I did a little bit of dressage, eventing. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I've done like a lot, a, a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. What's your mm -hmm. favorite? Like you and I kind of have similar stories. We didn't do all the barrel racing or anything, but I started out Western, switched over when I was 12 because we moved and our neighbor was an English writer and I just fell in love with it. It was just, my, I just knew like that was my place, you know? And I think about now the age that I'm at, maybe like thinking about, you know, maybe Western would be more comfortable, you know, and maybe changing because I've, I've done it before. It is kind of nice. Right. But um, do you have like favorite parts of Western still or do you are you just really English? Um, I don't really ride Western anymore, but like my favorite part of the Western discipline, uh, my horse and I, we did what's called um, extreme arena trail challenges. And that's when they set up, you know, all these obstacles in an mm -hmm. arena to mimic what you would find out on the trail, mm -hmm. um, you know, bridges and, you know, water obstacles and you name it, they have it in the arena. Um, that is something that was one of my favorite things to do. And it's my, one of my horse's favorite things to do. Um, but yeah, we, that's um... the coolest thing. We we learn something new every time we talk to somebody. So like our, our thing is that we, we're just horse people talking to other horse people, learning about other mm -hmm. things. I have never heard of extreme trail riding in an arena before. Mm -hmm. And that sounds like it would be so mm -hmm. much fun. Mm -hmm. It is so much fun. And right before um, I left New York, the Horsemen's Association that I was a part of um, up in Long Island they had started the arena trail challenges like two years before I left to mm -hmm. come to Florida. So it was still fairly new, like mm -hmm. around that time. So that's like probably like 2014 or so that that happened. And yeah, it was fairly new to them. And it was like a new discipline that we wanted to try. And like, we just turned out to be pretty, pretty good at it. And it was a lot of fun. So it was exciting. Horse people are very creative. They have a lot of things yeah. that they can think about to when do. When I was little, we were yeah. in 4-H. We had obstacle class. So, I mean, I was just so little, tiny, because mm -hmm. I was too little to be in 4-H, but my sister was, so I'd tag along. So my horse, they let me do a class, which was just really awesome for me. And we just walked. That was it, because my horse was just this old gelding, you know. We went right up to the gate and walked right up to it and I kind of just unlocked it my horse would just push the gate open with his nose and then yeah. we just turned around and he'd push it with his nose and I could lock it and it was just so funny because um you know he just he helped so much and it was cute because everybody just thought it was so funny he just did all the work you know it was really sweet so that was my <laughs> obstacle class days you know when I was really little so but they are fun you know on a bigger scale it would be a lot of fun so yeah 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 no it was, it was a lot of fun Mm -hmm. So did you start, like, was part of the working that you did at the barn in exchange for lessons? Or did you, I mean, did you ever make money at the barn? Or did, how did your venture go then? Um, so, like, you know, back back then, um, I did, like, you know, I would clean stalls to have lessons or yep. for mm -hmm. what they call, like, free riding time. Um, that was pretty much the exchange there. Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't do that very long because then I got you know I ended up graduating high school and then went off to college and mm -hmm. then I started um you know working full-time and I didn't ride as much but then that was when I got my own horse so okay then I didn't need to clean stalls to ride anymore <laughs> yeah. there you go yep move right on up that's so it so I guess how did all of that lead into grooming because you said what you went to college mm -hmm. so what did you go to college for mm -hmm. 
I went originally I went to college um, to be a secondary ed English teacher. Okay. And I changed my major probably like <laughs> three times. <laughs> um, it wasn't until I got up to like the whole observation part where you had to sit in the classroom and like mm-hmm. watch the teacher teach and like take your notes and whatnot. I don't know. I just realized that that wasn't really for me. I didn't want to be, you know, stuck in a school all the time. Yeah. So I changed my major to um, journalism. I wanted to try to branch out into, um, you know, kind of like mixing the horse world in with journalism. And that, that went well for a little while, but it still wasn't like, I didn't want to have like a, a set track. I wanted to be able to like branch out to different things. So I ended up just changing it to English and communications. Hmm. And that has helped me tremendously with, you know, being the voice behind my business and mm-hmm. doing a lot of social media. I mean, it's, it's important. You have to know how to, you know, market yourself mm-hmm. if you want to be successful. Mm-hmm. So I would say that definitely helped a lot. Did you have any idea at that time that you were thinking of going into anything no. like this with none no. at all? Wow. <laughs> no, okay. I had no idea. Okay. So where did you go from there then? And mm-hmm. what led to where you are then today? So, well, to make a, a longer story short, um, that's okay. I ended up working like my first full-time job after college. And it was just like a very boring desk cubicle job Mm -hmm. Um, I hated it Mm -hmm. it was the worst two years of my life because (laughs) during that time uh, my now husband he moved to Florida for his job so we did the long distance thing and Mm. with me working at that job it was just miserable and I was like I have to move to Florida because I knew he wasn't going to be able to move back but I didn't want to move down here without having a job lined up. Like I had my horse that would be coming with me. Like I had responsibility to him. I needed to be able to take care of him. So it took me a long time to find a job here. And when I did, I just uprooted my life and came down and moved my horse down with me. And the job that I took here, um, I was a, a vet tech for um, one of the equine hospitals in Wellington. And that was just like a fantastic experience. I've learned mm-hmm. so much from there. And mm-hmm. I can actually take a lot of the knowledge that I learned from there into mm-hmm. what I do now. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just been really awesome. But I ended up leaving there um, around this time of year last year. And I wanted to really dive into grooming more. Um, that was always just like my favorite part. Like I always loved, you know, when I was showing back in the day, um, you know, getting the horse ready for their show was like my favorite part of the whole process. (laughs) So I really wanted to, you know, find a way to do that. Mm. Um, And, you know, I I started clipping my own horse because I couldn't really find anybody down here who was, you know, good to Mm -hmm. do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And who was also available to like, availability is hard to come by down here when there's Mm -hmm. so many horses in South Florida. Mm So, you know, I started clipping him myself and I really enjoyed it. So I just decided to, to do that. And here I am. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. 
That's really interesting, though, that, you know, it was in you to do, right? I mean, like you knew you enjoyed that. So then you found what you enjoyed and went through and pursued your, your, you know, job through that. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm glad that I was able to, you know, take the leap. It was a really, really hard decision Uh, to leave the clinic. Um, Mm -hmm. But you know, I wanted to build something for myself and I wasn't going to be able to do that mm-hmm. with the lack of time that I had mm-hmm. for making that a reality. Mm-hmm. So that's what kind of triggered that plunge. Did you so, have, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, so what does a day in the life of a groomer look like then? Yeah. <laughs> oh goodness. Well, um, it starts before the sun. <laughs> oh, really? Oh yeah. Wake up every morning before the sun. Oh, wow. Um, it's, it's definitely like, you know, long, long days. Um, I groom privately up in Wellington for, um, I'm an FBI dressage groom and I have four horses who I primarily take care of. Um, so yeah, I just get up really early every morning. I drive an hour to Wellington. Hmm. Um, what time is really early? Them, what time is them. your really early time, Kristen? What, what time is early? Uh, like four thirty in the morning. Okay. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. And yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just take care of them. Um, you know, get them ready for their lessons. Um, cool them off after their lessons. Get them ready for the show. Go to the show with them. Um, you know, whatever they need, I'm there for them. Hmm. Um, you know, and it's also important to you know be able to notice things that might not be quite right with them too. You know, I have mm-hmm. to have my eyes open for, you know, everything at any point in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and if something is, you know, a little bit off, then like they need to know about it. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're the kind of people who will, you know, call the vet for, for anything that's mm-hmm. that's wrong with their horses. Mm-hmm. And like, that's the kind of people who I want to work for, though. Right. Mm-hmm. Not the kind of people who, you know, will sit on something and just let it fester and get worse yeah. mm-hmm. and then do something mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're very proactive mm-hmm. about their horse care and, mm-hmm. and I really respect that about them. Mm-hmm. So are mm-hmm. you doing like special things with the horses like braiding or anything or is it, I mean, no, you would probably do that for the shows, but it, on an everyday yep. occasion is, are you braiding too, or are you just getting them groomed for, uh, lessons? Um, they just get braided for the shows. Just for the shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and they show, they were showing um, pretty often this season, um, not really like every other weekend, but kind of close to that. Can you yeah. take us through and tell us basically if you're getting a horse ready for a show, what does that look like, like your day and what you, what you kind of do, the routine of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, prepping for a show, it starts with a bath. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to get them super clean um, and having a hose with a lot of like good water pressure is, mm-hmm. is very important because mm-hmm. you need to really power wash them and get everything out from underneath their coat and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just scrubbing them really well, mm-hmm. getting all their white markings white. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I put them in front of the fan, let them dry. Um, while they're drying, I'm usually braiding them because I like to braid um, a wet mane. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then get them all booted up for the trailer and send them on their way. Wow. 
So yeah. what are your mm-hmm. top grooming tips? Like, what are the most useful things or, like, uh, tricks that you've come up with? That or brushes or yeah. anything. Products. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. I think, I think probably for horses who have, like, a lot of white points on them, and, and I'm not talking about, like, gray horses, but you know, horses who have like high socks or high stockings or, you know, paint horse or something. Um, Baby powder on those white spots Mm -hmm. will really, really enhance them. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people have asked me, oh, like I have a gray horse. So like, what can I do for my gray horse? Um, The purple shampoo is great. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, purple shampoo is your best friend for white. Okay. Now, um, I'm sure not every horse that you handle is wants to be bathed at that time or groomed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we've all had those horses that you know you're ready for show day, and they they're like not not about it. (laughs) How do you work around that when the horses are grumpy or crabby? How do you you know do you have any little tricks or things that you do when you've got a crabby grumpy horse or? Um, I mean, usually I would just take them for a walk. Um, let them kind of hand grace for a little bit, let them Aww. do something that, that they enjoy, give them, you know, a break in their stall, let them lunch on some hay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the goal isn't obviously to, to overwhelm the horse. Like if they're not really feeling it that day, then I have to just take a different approach to it because mm-hmm. I need them to cooperate with me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And you know, the same thing goes for, for when I do, um, my body clipping, I get a lot of horses who, who don't really want to participate, who, yeah, who yeah. aren't very willing to stand still for mm-hmm. two hours to get clipped. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when, you know, I give, I give a lot of breaks. If someone starts getting fidgety, then, okay, maybe they have to go to the bathroom. Maybe they need a drink of water. Mm-hmm. So I'm not ever, I'm not ever in a hurry to finish clipping uh-huh. a horse. Um, it's all based on, you know, how they're feeling that day and, and what they're up to. So if they need, if they need five breaks, then Aww. then that's what it is. Um, that's so good. A lot of times I'll put a hay net in front of them. It makes them, you know, kind of just stand more still and just be mm-hmm. quieter and more relaxed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also get a lot of horses who are more than happy to just take a nap on cross ties and get clipped. <laughs> so are there trends, like, with the braiding, um, or is there really only certain braids that you can do and that's about it? And then the body clipping, too. Is there Are there any trends with body clipping? Um, so for body clipping in South Florida, um, full body clips are very, very popular down here, uh, mainly because it's just so hot all the time mm-hmm. and horses need all their hair off. Um, whereas, you know, up north, you'll see like Irish clips and trace mm-hmm. clips. Um, you don't really see those kind of clips down here because they just don't need it. It's mm-hmm. just too hot mm-hmm. for them to have any bit of fluff on mm-hmm. them if they're in mm-hmm. full work. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, so full body clips are very popular here and um, hunter clips. So like a lot of people will choose to leave the hair on their legs or do a blended leg where I'll blend the legs down, you know, from the knee down. This way it leaves a little bit of like natural protection from flies and insects and and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then as far as braiding goes, um, you know, for... For the dressage horses that I take care of, they all get button braids. 
um, hunter horses, they would just get the regular flat hunter braids. But I've kind of branched out with my braiding, like, you know, practicing on my own horse. And, you know, I get some people who say, oh, well, like my horse has a long mane, but I want it to be braided up nicely. Am I going to have to cut their mane to do that? Mm-hmm. And I just say, no, I actually have um, one client that's, you know, oh. local to me here mm. who has um, an Andalusian mare. Mm. So she has a beautiful long black mane and she was going to her first dressage show and she was like, you know, I don't, I don't want to cut her mane, but I want her to be, to be braided somehow Mm -hmm. and have her mane look nice. So I was like, okay, so there's a braid called a scallop braid that I've learned to do. And it's like super easy to do for horses with long mane. So I taught her how to do it and, you know, she's practicing it and doing pretty well with it. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just, it's a type of braid that pretty much like anybody can do. Mm-hmm. If you know how to braid like straight down, mm-hmm. then that's all you need to do. Cause then you huh. just feed it into the next one, mm-hmm. braid it into the next one, yeah. feed it through again. And it, it just like keeps going down their neck. So I, I never I knew you could do that. that. I did not know that. I mean, we always yeah. cut the mane so we could, you know, mm-hmm. not cut it, but pulled it, you know, of course. Well, I cut sometimes. I shouldn't have, but, yeah. you know, but yeah. pulled and then did the short, you know, to have the little button braids. That's really something. Yep, exactly. Wow. Huh. Yeah. Pretty neat. So the yeah. tails, do you do the tails so far down too as well? That, or do you? Um, is or that not, for the hunters, yes, mm-hmm. um, you would do that. Um, but mm-hmm. for the dressage horses, no, they don't that okay okay what about um when we were younger and we just didn't know anything we had like no um google to look anything up or <laughs> we just and we haven't done this for did. so long We've, we have not we, yeah, we, we brush our told. horses and we go out on the trail mm-hmm. now but what about um mm-hmm. the um like when we would do their whiskers and things like that and we would shave those like is that, and even in their ears do you wait on the muzzle or is the muzzle that's a controversial that yeah. uh-huh. that's yeah. like a good is that like one. a, a mm-hmm thing that people still do or do mm-hmm. not do anymore mm-hmm. so for hunters they'll do it uh for for jumpers like it's kind of up to them whatever they want for dressage it's a big no mm-hmm. it's actually right. yeah it's actually illegal in mm-hmm. germany mm-hmm. to touch their whiskers mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. yes yep yeah. yeah. and it's it's a it's a fairly controversial topic. It is. It really yeah. is a tough one because you do get opposing, yeah. you know, opinions. Right. Yes. I mean, for for the horses who I clip, who are not in show down here, I do not clip the insides of their ears. Um, I tell people, unless your horse is going to live in a fly mask that has ears, mm-hmm. I'm not clipping the insides of their mm-hmm. ears because then it's just. That's it's so just kind. A, it's mm-hmm. like an open gate for the flies. Like, mm-hmm. hey, bugs, come on in. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. we don't want that for mm-hmm. our horses. Right. <laughs> We're not showing. Right. Um, but for the show horses, I mean, they live in fly gear, mm-hmm. so yeah. it's not uncommon to be mm-hmm. asked to do the inside of their ears for mm-hmm. show horses. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as far as whiskers go, it's very controversial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is there yeah. anything with? Um, like body clipping that when people, if, if they do it themselves, that would be anything to keep in mind um, with body clipping. I know with the, you know, as you're clipping and so forth, you've got to make sure that the blades are oiled and things like that. But then what about right. the oil on the horse? Is there anything you do about that? Right, you know, that type right. of thing? I mean, 
the biggest thing would be like bathe your horse first. Mm-hmm. Um, never, never clip a dirty horse mm-hmm. unless, you know, it's for medical reasons or something or mm-hmm. it's the middle of winter and your horse must be clipped. Like there's exceptions, mm-hmm. but in general, you don't want to ever clip a dirty horse mm-hmm. and, and don't put any products on them. Like don't put, you know, any oil on their coat prior to clipping them. Don't put any kind of coat shine on their coat prior to clipping them. You just want a clean coat because it'll just make it super easy for the blades to get through. That's what I wondered. Um, Is it for the horse or for the blades or for both or yeah. Mm -hmm. I I mean, for both, because Mm -hmm. if, if you're, if you're clipping a dirty coat or you're clipping a coat that has a lot of product in it, Mm -hmm. it's going to build up in your blades Mm -hmm. and I'm going to start pulling on their hair. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So not that, I mean, we would probably still have some of these um, issues here, but like you're in Florida and say you body clip a horse, then mm-hmm. what about turning them out right after that? In the mm-hmm. like, do you have to be careful with like a full blast sun? Or, I mean, is that something you have to be thoughtful of when you're doing these body clippings? Yeah, absolutely. So for, for gray horses, I, I, I will not clip them in a 10 blade, which is like your typical show clip blade. Um, gray horses will burn. <laughs> Mm-hmm. under the sun mm-hmm. so I use um a, a t84 blade on gray horses it leaves their coat a little bit longer a little more natural protection um I recommend you know putting a fly sheet on them or turning them out at night um until their coat grows back in just a little bit um or just using um I don't know the name of the brand but there's a product out there that is basically like a sunscreen spray mm-hmm. for horses so I'll recommend that for, for gray horses who are prone to, to burning, but for your typical like bays and chestnuts and pink Napaloosas and whatnot, they really shouldn't burn. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people mm-hmm. don't, don't turn out during the day here. Okay. And, and if they do, it's only for like a very short time, like a couple, okay. like two, two hours or three hours max. Um, so you really don't have to worry too much about horses burning if they're not gray. If you're up here, and I know that they do um, body clips sometimes, and you were talking about the different body clips, maybe you could explain what those are. And if you're up here and it's cold and you body clip, what what would you do for something like mm-hmm. that? Um, so for colder weather clips for horses who are in like moderate to full work, um, I'd recommend a trace clip. Um, and that basically just takes, the hair off like the midsection through the horse up to its neck. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, it takes all the hair off of the areas that sweat the most because mm-hmm. the object is so that they dry quicker, mm-hmm. um, that their sweat evaporates quicker, um, that they are not, you know, catching a chill in the cold when they're cooling down. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's other variations that, you know, you can go for like an Irish clip, which, you know, you just, you take from the underside of the belly up towards where a trace clip would be. It's just like not the back half of the trace clip. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hoof wise, is there anything that you like to use like, or do to hoofs um, that, you know, you like to make them stand out or is it just, do you use like, of course we have like hoof oils and things like that, or is there, what do you like to use that? I know, you know, you want to really make those hoofs stand out too. Yeah, any any type of hoof oil will be good for making the feeties shine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You just want to you don't want to put like a thick layer of anything on because then it's going to trap you know 
the dirt and the footing of your ring and whatnot. Um, so just like a thin layer. And mm -hmm. sometimes whenever, um, whenever I've ran out of foil, mm -hmm. like if you just spray a little coat shine on like a towel and rub it into their feet, that shines that them up, huh? <laughs> Good to know. So long tails. Um, we have uh, the prettiest little pony out here. She's, she's funny. She's no. a miniature horse. She's funny oh, though. Her tail she's really funny. Is what color is she drags. though? She's like her color is like a ombre. She is hairstyle. Like but because she's out red, in the weather, orange, she's a riot. It's like, just yeah. a wild woman. But anyway, her tail. She looks is like very she has long. a balayage. She's yeah, just she's darling. She's hilarious. Absolutely darling. And she's but her very tail little. is so long; it just drags, drags on the ground. Her. Do you? I mean, like we don't want to cut it. It's just so cute. Is yeah. that? Do you think that's okay to leave her tail like that, or do you think we should be trying to cut it for her? Is there? Would there be a reason like that we? Long and I know pretty. she's so pretty. <laughs> I mean, the only reason why I would stay to cut it would be like, so she doesn't step all over it. Um, if she's getting around fine with oh. her long tail trailing behind her. She does. Love it. She's like Rapunzel. <laughs> she's, yeah. She even, she's so funny. She's so little, but we have a drinking post that's low. She's dramatic. She's she won't just go up to it and drink with a paddle. You know, she picks her leg up and puts her hoof in like a dressage horse, gets the oh water, and then she drinks it. But she's like with her little leg up in the air. I mean, she's quite the wow. woman. She yes. really I is. I mean, we yeah. should not have to push with our mouths to get the no. water. She you wants know, to she just wants press it, it, you know. Very sassy. I love her already. She's sassy. <laughs> she's a sassy girl. She's very cute. She has a lot she of personality. She pulls a cart, oh. and she's just, mm -hmm. she's so cute. Mm -hmm. Oh, she would, it would awesome. do her good to have a good grooming, though. You know, she, she does really needs need a good, good grooming. grooming. She looks, she's she's gone rogue for the, through a little bit oh. through the winter time. So, yeah. So, speaking mm -hmm. of that, we're coming right into spring. Yes. I mean, we're, we have yeah. sheep out here, too. They're going to get um, sheared soon. Yeah. What okay. is the best thing for us to do as, you know, I mean, we come into the spring months for mm -hmm. them? Because mm -hmm. here it's colder. I know where you guys mm -hmm. are. Do you have the same issues that we do where you're coming out of a winter time thing? And what do you do? Um, issues as far as like, like the shedding, shedding do you want to help to shed the process? Do you want to help to brush them? So you are helping them to through the shedding process? Yeah. Or? I mean, certainly, you know, body clipping would, would totally forego the whole shedding process, mm -hmm. um, which is definitely helpful, you know, for us, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know, so we're not getting their hair all over us every day. You get your hair all over you for one day and, yeah, and the rest is clear sailing and they stay clean. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, if they're not having, you know, a problem shedding out and you want to leave them without being clipped, like that's totally fine too. Like mm -hmm. I never, I never like push clipping on anybody. If you feel your horse needs it, then yeah, like definitely do it. But mm -hmm. if they're getting around fine and, you know, not, you know, sweating uncomfortably, just standing around, like I always mm -hmm. tell people, if your horse is standing around doing nothing and they're sweating, then they need a body mm -hmm. clip. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and if you if you can like take your hand into their coat and like fluff up their hair between mm -hmm. your fingers, mm -hmm. then then they likely need to be body clipped, especially mm -hmm. in the southern states. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, do you have any products that you really just love that you've just had the best results with? And they make your horse like shiny and just beautiful. Maybe smell yeah. good. Yeah, um, smell good so too. <laughs> Speaking of speaking of shiny, um, there is one product um, that's by like a small little boutique, um, like 
product line. Um, it's called the Infused Equestrian. Okay. And they have a product that's called Shiny. Hmm. And it does exactly that for your horse. It makes them super shiny. Um, but it's it's marketed as a, a mane and tail conditioner, mm -hmm. but it also works as a coat conditioner. Hmm. And the reason why I love that product so much is because it doesn't have any lanolin in it. Mm. And okay. lanolin is what you find in a lot of coat shine products, but it makes it so slippery that, you know, you can't, you know, <laughs> jump on bareback without almost falling off mm -hmm. or you can't, you know, mm -hmm. run your fingers through their tail without getting like grease all yes. over your hand. Mm -hmm. So I really love that product because it's such like a limited ingredient product. Um, and like they do a lot of research behind it too. So it's just, it's very well made and it, mm. it lasts for, I think I've gotten like three days out of it. Whereas with like a regular show sheen product, you'd, mm -hmm. you'd have to use it like every day. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's, it's nice. It's very nice. I like that product a lot. And for you, clipping, um, Wall is, is a great mm -hmm. brand yeah, for clipping. Um, yeah. I have the KM10 clipper from Wall. I have the Wall Bravura Lithium mm. Cordless Clipper, which is mm. like my new best friend. Wow. <laughs> uh, so yeah, their their products are really great and, and their service is excellent as well. So, you know, if That's something nice. breaks or if you need help troubleshooting something, they're, they're yeah. always there to help. That's nice. So do you have uh, the mosquito problem like we have up here? Um, and do, what do you use for that? Like we've tried Skin So Soft, sprays we've tried different things, sprays, but sprays. do you have anything mm -hmm. that you found that works well? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, mosquitoes, they're, they're, they are just a forever pest, and I feel like there's no good way to really like get a grip on them. Um, I have had a lot of success with Piranha Fly Spray. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen a lot of, you know, poor reactions from um, Ultra Shield, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen a lot of, like, my personal horse has gotten chemical burns from that. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen a lot of other horses, like, their skin starts peeling from it. So I'm, I'm very skeptical over, you know, the fly spray insect repellent products that I use on my horses. Mm -hmm. um, but so far, everybody seems to do pretty well with Piranha. Um, Bronco is another good one. It's a very mm -hmm. economically priced mm -hmm. product. Um, and I've had a lot of success with that as well. So mm -hmm. when you said they've had skin problems, we've never come across that before. Um, that's why we did the, like the most natural that we could find for a while. It was, you know, that we did the right. skin so soft, but we now are like in a woodsy kind of a, we, we're called like the black swamp area here. So we have to do okay. something that's a little more heavy duty. Stamp, so we use the Bronco, bugs. Mm -hmm. but, um, We've never had a chemical burn. So what would you say if you're trying out a new product, uh, do you do like a patch area or do you just spray yeah, them and would, see what happens? Yeah, I would definitely recommend doing like a small area, um, you know, pick a shoulder or pick a hindquarter to spray it on. Because um, if you just spray it on like a small area, then like you're not going to see a whole okay. lot. Mm -hmm. um, so a little bit bigger of a spot would be better to, to test on. Um, and, you know, sometimes you're not going to see a problem arise for, for a few days because mm -hmm. um, it can take a little while for, for the skin to start showing damage. Um, but yeah, definitely, like I, especially when you're trying a product that has a lot of ingredients in it or is, you know, known to be like a high chemical product, like certainly, you know, gradually 
start introducing mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good idea. So I have a question that um, just for fun, and if you want to say, you know, I don't know if you've ever done it, but have you had anybody or yourself and you just wanted to bling your horse out a little bit or put a pattern on their rump or something? What Have you done anything fun like that or What's been something that would be fun that you could say that you did that was a little off the edge of the beaten path, you know? Yes. (laughs) Yes, I did. Um, So for for Christmas this past year, I, well, actually, I shouldn't jump to Christmas right away. Um, uh, Let's go back to Halloween. Okay. (laughs) So like, like if it comes out looking like crap, it's not like that big a deal because it's Halloween. Right. It's supposed to be spooky, right? Right. There you go. (laughs) So I, I experimented with a little bit of clip art on Halloween and go. like clip art is not my forte. Like you'll see pictures of like the Lion King on horses and I'm like, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I made a pumpkin Ooh, on my horse. There you go. And that came out good. So then I pressed my luck a little bit and I was like, okay, I'm going to try a ghost on the other side of him. Whoa. <laughs> but I mean, the ghost, it was fairly easy, and it, it came out okay, but it didn't really look much <laughs> like a ghost. Um, I would say, so have you ever seen Finding Nemo? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> you know the, you know the little, um, little octopus? Yes. <laughs> that ink, it reminded me of that. So, okay. It's not, it doesn't really cute. look like a ghost, looks more like an octopus, but, um, so, but I was, I was pleasantly pleased with my pumpkin. Oh, how cute. So, because of that, mm-hmm. I decided for Christmas I was going to do a big Christmas scene on wow. my horse. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And um, it was pretty pretty gutsy of me to try. Um, I definitely messed up a couple of times during <laughs> it, but the finished product, you can't really tell. Um, but not everybody has to know that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I did the New York City skyline on my horse oh, with... Wow. Santa's Santa in his sleigh with reindeer and like I made the last the the front one be Rudolph. I wondered why your face lit up so much when he asked when my mom asked you. And you were did you live in New York too? Is that correct? I am super proud of my Christmas clip. That's awesome. That's did you live in New York before too as well? Have you been? Right. And we would love to see pictures of that's great. How cute would that be? Yeah, I'm I'm originally from Long Island, so I wanted to tie in you know, something, wow. something from home into my Christmas clip. Yes. How special was that? How long that? did that take you? Oh, gosh. It took me, I want to say, like two and a half hours to do. That's and your awesome. horse is patient? I'm a perfectionist and everything has to be just right. And like yes. down to like the antlers, wow. I, you know, I was in there very wow. meticulously wow. getting all those little grooves and you have a good it horse. Wasn't easy. And, and I probably wouldn't do it often. <laughs> wow. So very creative and a, a writer likes the English language and mm-hmm. and, uh, and mm-hmm. the creativity yeah. with art. And mm-hmm. so everything yeah. that you could just bundle it all You're into creative. that right there, it seems like. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's awesome. So okay. with all of this that you do for everybody else's horses, when do you get to spend time with your horse and do you get to show anymore? So unfortunately, I don't show anymore. Um, the last show that I did with him was, you know, right before I left New York. Um, I've, you know, when I was working at the hospital, I just, 
I was working very, very long days and mm -hmm. I would, I would, I was lucky if I got out to see my horse like twice a week mm -hmm. when I was working there. Um, but since, you know, doing my own thing, like I get to see him every day now, which is nice. Mm -hmm. um, during the show season when I'm taking care of the horses in Wellington, I don't get to ride him that often, um, but I still go out and see him every day. Um, and then, you know, once the off season comes, then I'll ride him like five to six days a week, slowly oh, bring wow. him back into work. Yeah. Yeah. That's so nice. Yeah. Nice. That's so yeah. nice. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, um, this is it for the segment of the podcast, and we'll take a short, short break, break and mm -hmm. move into cancer banter. Our next segment, Cancer Banter, is brought to you by Ram Horse Fencing and Stalls, the one-stop shop for your horse farm. Ram is family-owned and operated and has been in business for over 30 years. We welcome you to call in and speak with an expert about your next project today at 866-653-8984. Again, that's 866-653-8984. So, um, whenever, whenever you go out, you know, when you trail your horse out somewhere, you usually have like a checklist of things that you bring with you, make sure you have everything. And usually I'm, I'm very good about, you know, packing all of my things, um, but not this time. Um, <laughs> my friend Martine and I, we went and trailered out to a state park that we had never ridden at yet. And I was like super excited to go because I've heard such like great things about this park that it's like super scenic and it's like big and wide and open and it's beautiful. So I was like all excited to go. So I just like threw all my stuff together and put my horse in a trailer and off we went. And as we're driving, I just had like this moment, like we're chatting and I was like, <laughs> oh, like crap. Like I forgot my saddle pads. I was like, what do we do? Like, I can't, like, I, I'm like, I can't ride him bareback in this like brand new park that we've been to that we've not been to yet. So she was like, oh, don't worry about it. Like Dover's on the way, we'll stop at Dover. But the Dover in Long Island is in Huntington. I don't know if you're familiar with Long Island town, but Huntington is not a horsey friendly town. <laughs> so like it was, it was kind of difficult to get there with like the horses in tow. Mm -hmm, yeah. So we had a pull up onto, you know, this busy roadway. She pulled into like a bus stop area on the side of the road. I had across like, yeah, with a horse. Yeah. <laughs> <I had, laughs> Cause we, we couldn't fit in the parking lot right, right. and I needed my saddle pad. So <laughs> I hopped out, I crossed like, I don't know, six lanes of traffic <laughs> to get to Dover. Um, got my saddle pad, oh, wow. get back in the truck. We're, we're at the park now. And I tie him up to the trailer. We're getting ready. I'm tacking him up, put my saddle on. <laughs> I'm like, shit, where's my girth? <laughs> So not only did I oh, not no. pack my saddle pad, oh, but I didn't no. pack my girth either. And I didn't oh, realize no. it until I got there. Oh, no. So I was like, well, we're here now. And I'm just going to have to ride him bareback through the park, which I did. Wow. And he was an absolute saint. Like, oh. I'm so lucky with that horse. Wow. <laughs> that was really well. <laughs> he, he did well to ride bareback through yes. the yes. park. And that was really good. Best ride. So oh, isn't wow. that great? Oh, wow. Yeah. Andy went yeah. through the city and yeah. I mean yeah. that's that's good stuff that was because major. we I could never we I haven't driven a trailer I mean very often very few times in my life have I but even my husband who's pretty good at it even my brother who's very very good at driving I don't know if they 
could even get through that city like that. Yeah. <laughs> you That'd guys are brave. <laughs> Not only brave, but really good with your Those writing and a what a good memory. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> At the bus cool. station. Very cool. Oh, thank you. We hope you enjoyed listening to our podcast and encourage you to share with all of your equestrian family and friends. You can tune in to the Late Night Riders podcast show every Friday night. Each episode will be uploaded exclusively on YouTube where you can subscribe to our channel to stay up to date with all of our latest shows. Do you have a topic you'd like us to discuss? We want to hear from you. You may email us at podcast.rampants.com or feel free to leave a comment below. Thank you again for listening.